0: Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Keys.
1: Hello, Combat Sports Talk World. How are you tonight? All Did right. you know? <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. Okay, so over the weekend we've been talking about the beautiful destruction that is Capoeira. All right, it's a Brazilian martial art. Also, uh, hey, awesome dance art. I implore you, I I think I posted it up on my Instagram. I'll check it again if it didn't. Anyway, did you know that to be a master, well, I'll go back further, that Capoeira actually started in Angola, Africa.
0: Oh, wow. And was brought over
1: by African slaves. And to be considered a master of Capoeira, you must master both Angola, and Brazil before you're considered a, a maestre in Capoeira.
0: What does it mean to be a master a Master Angola and Master Brazil? What does that mean?
1: That means that um, you are <laughs> kicking a lot of butt, first of all. And so, Okay. yeah, it's like it's like mastering of katas because there is the the dance or the jungle, if I'm if I'm if I'm say a Jenga, if I'm saying it right, the, the game. Jenga. And yeah. you must you must have a mastery of all the instruments. You must have a mastery of the dances, and um, I have, oh, What's the third one? I cannot remember what it was. I do apologize, Combat Sports World. I, I I What I did, I had I had picked up another Did You Know fact, and I think it kicked that one out. And that is That's fair. In the '70s show, um, Fez, the the character Fez by Wilmer Valderrama, uh, Fez was not his real name. Fez actually stood for foreign exchange student. And that's your Did You Know.
0: And that's your Did You Know. On the other side of the screen is Kelechi K.C. Onyebuchi.
2: Oh, how you doing?
0: How you doing?
2: (laughs) Also, just want to tag on to this fun little capoeira fact. Just to say it it correctly. Um, Yeah. So while a lot of it seems to be associated with the dance, like there's a uh, an interesting history fact of why it looks like dancing, though it is meant to be a deadly fighting art. Oh, please go right ahead and lighten us, Mr. Onyebuchi. There's a certain point in uh, the history of the West in which we did not allow gatherings of people of color because that could lead to an insurrection. So the I dancing component... So the dancing component was meant to mask the fact that they were teaching each other martial arts. So this is why there is both the lethal and the non-lethal version where it's just, you really are practicing the body movement and it's rhythmic, right? But every part of that is still supposed to be led into teaching you the art of the actual fighting. And so too often when we see capoeira, it's the pretty it's the pretty art versus like actually showing you like, no, this was meant to like sweep your victim off, off their feet and take them out like, quickly and efficiently.
1: And also, do not do not be uh, perplexed if you look at breakdancing and look at capoeira and say, "Wow, they look very similar. They do have roots towards each other." The more you know I got
0: to get I got to get that drop. Remind me to get that drop <laughs> for the next time. The, the, this seems like it's going to be a, a regular thing on the show, so we should end this little bit with the more you know.
1: <laughs> oh, if George was here, George would have a fit right now because George yeah. has been having a he 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 is. While he does respect all martial arts, um, I, he 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 got a little irritated with me talking about Capoeira.
0: Well, um, I mean, you he is he is a Muay Thai instructor, so you know his love is is very much in Muay Thai, and so. You, you you really can't challenge him when you were like ah oh, you know Capoeira is pretty tough. They like, can't but I, I but can it? it pretty tough. <laughs> but look look but he's like he's like uh, you're like cool. Capoeira is pretty tough. He's like but can it whoop Muay Thai's but
1: <laughs> <laughs> but never once did I said that it was pretty no, tough. I no. called it the beautiful destruction. The because beautiful if you destruction. Really watch it. It is beautiful, and if you watch it too much and you're the opponent, you're going to get knocked out.
0: Speaking of watching Speaking of your which. opponent too much <laughs> and getting knocked out, that brings us to our headliner, the number one thing we want to talk about on the show. This is the headliner. This is the headliner. This is where we talk about the top topic of the day, the number one thing we want to talk about on Combat Sports Talk, and that is the beautiful destruction that was Joaquin Buckley this past Saturday night at UFC Fight Island uh five mohes versus Sanhagen. now joaquin Buckley was a was a uh, uh was a, a a prelim undercard uh fight and he was fighting Impa Cas uh, gane oh. Ipa Kasagane. gane there we go got it um yeah. and and and, and eight, eight Kasagane is is a um he's from the same country that uh, that that um uh, uh Francis Ngannou is from Cameroon and so yeah. uh so this fight is th- th- this fight's you know two really big strikers uh Buckley is controlling the fight from the opening bell you know he is uh you know Kasagane is 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 trying to counter strike because Buckley's coming in um and buckley pretty much wins wins the first round right um in the second round kasagane is trying to get that round back you know usually whenever you lose the first round you want to come back strong <coughs> in the second um and so it's at this point when buckley throws a kick kasagane catches the kick and buckley spins and in midair throws a back spinning back kick catching kasagane in the face and it's just one of those timber type moments. You know, we talked about long time ago. We talked about the different types of knockout. And this is just one where where Kasagane is just standing there and then all of a sudden his body just slowly rocks backwards and falls to the ground in one of the most spectacular knockouts in the history of the UFC. I
1: agree. Um there- If you, it's not hard to find this video of the knockout. That's one, that just tells you how spectacular it was. Secondly, the words fatality instantly came to my mind when I saw it. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's dead. And, you know, because, I mean, it's very rare that you can see the moment where his, (laughs) that his, that his, his conscious separated from his body and you saw it. When he it was a up kick, his heel up kicked him right into the chin, the nose, and it was pretty much a it was it was a done deal.
2: Ryan has found his drops, and he is loving this
0: moment. I mean, that was like his body fell that slowly, like it was just like he lands the strike, and then you hear uh, Sarah McLaughlin just the the chorus come up. in the air. I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. It was it was one of those once in a year, once in a in a decade kind of strikes, perhaps once in a lifetime type of strikes that lands that you never saw coming.
1: Yeah, it is considered uh, uh, the, the candidate, if not the winner of KO of the year.
2: It's an intriguing strike for me just because in practice, it's tough to actually practice that one with a partner right no one's getting signed up to hey kick me in the face so presumably on the other side of that that's not one that you're used to all right I caught this guy's leg like on at best case scenario he throws a similar kick but it comes more looping and you've got your time to push him away that that kick came straight down the pipe which was weird it's just the angles at which that the kick started and ended it was just uh there was no way to see that coming right like you just you don't practice it you don't drill that and then the angle it came at, it was just perfect scenario to be, like, the ultimate knockout.
1: I mean, it, it looked as if, I mean, was he thinking that it was going to hit his, hit him in the chest or in the midsection? I don't section? think he saw it coming at all. Oh.
0: Yeah, I don't think he saw Th- that it That was the it. nature
1: of it coming right down the yeah. pipe. Yeah. Had yeah, it, it been looping,
2: like, m- like, more of a roundhouse kick style, like, I, I think he might have been able to react to it. But then again, you've got a guy's leg in your ha- hand, and you're not used to this. What are you supposed to do? I, I yeah. just don't think he saw it coming at all. Yeah,
0: I mean, we've seen so many, so many kicks get caught, and the fighter really focuses on pulling their leg back so they don't get, you know, get swept or otherwise taken to the ground. So you would expect right. that when you're catching a kick, you're in a in a bit of a dominant position, and it just so happened that he didn't have the leg secure, and and in not in not having the leg secure because he was just holding his heel. Yes and so he didn't have the leg secured and locked so it allowed him to be able to spin and in spinning that's what gave him the momentum to throw that beautiful kick and <laughs> land it right in the face and the timber happened. um i have to say this you got to give kasagane uh, a a props for becoming somebody's highlight rim real to to being on every single sports show on the planet every every news report on on the web and memes are being made about you as you speak to be able to be the bigger person on instagram and send a note to joaquin buckley saying god bless you it was an honor to step into the octagon with you and do what i love safe travels to you and your team beautiful shot way to fight
1: that's good sportsmanship that's that's awesome sportsmanship, but I think that's that's legit. I mean, you can't get mad if you get caught on, on an ugly like that. Okay, you got caught ugly. That's fine. It's when you get submitted. It's when you got to be like, oh man, I got to worry about that. You get knocked out. You are blank. You're you're out. You you don't know what happens. You don't know how you look as you're hitting the ground. Only till after when, when they show you the, the 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 highlight reel. And so I mean, you know, if you get caught, you get caught.
2: It's weird that we're at this point in the fight game that simply being a decent human being is kind of seen as like a, a, a highlight moment. Like, wow, they're actually not bad people.
1: That tells you how lower, how low our standards are right now.
2: That, yeah. The,
1: the, okay, that's that's been said by. We simply didn't have a terrible reaction. Like. Oh. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I I'm just saying from an embarrassment perspective. I mean, we can get yeah. into when we get into the main card. You know, the 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 respect that Edson Barbosa and um, Amir Khan um, Amir showed each other Gone. at, at yeah. the end of that fight was also oh something. And God. it was great because Dan Hardy yeah. put the mic in the middle so you could hear what they were saying. You know, I mean, Man, that was... there was a lot of respect there. But I, I'm not done with Joaquin Buckley because okay. Dana White I... in, in the post-fight press conference or whatever, Dana White sees him, goes over and talks to him. And basically, this, this was such a highlight knockout that people were demanding that Dana White give all the bonuses to Joaquin Buckley. That's $200,000 in bonuses to Joaquin Buckley. He said, he, White, Dana White said to Joaquin Buckley, he goes, I always talk about when you're on a card, right? How do you stand out? My phone is blowing up. Kevin Ioley who's a, who's a reporter for ESPN, um, I believe it's ESPN. um. Mm-hmm. Hit him up for a quote because he's already doing a story on you. Everybody's saying just give him the $200,000 tonight. Give him every bonus. Nobody's ever seen anything like that. Sean Shelby texted me and said, write him a check right now for $50,000 and go give it to him before he gets out. Incredible. So Dana White, this is the kind of thing that Dana White wants to see. I mean, we talk about how critical he can be of his fighters when they do something great. he He is among the first to celebrate
2: them until uh, buckley doesn't want to take a fight and then all of a sudden dana's like oh this guy's a bum he's trash <laughs> I like, that dude is thing, the yeah. ultimate fickle fair weather fan as they come come on
0: i mean but 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 he's predictable right if you yeah, fight yeah. every fight and you win in spectacular fashion he's your homeboy Oh, even not not
1: just win in spectacular fashion, but you fight like you're like you want to win in spectacular fashion. He'll right. take he'll he'll love you more then.
0: Right. I mean that's the that's the he'll, Diego he'll Sanchez, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do we how much weight do we put on this one thing that even the fighter seems stunned that he threw? Like. All right, so you have one good kick. Let's see your whole career play out. Like, come on, fam. I, I don't You're think not. that's
0: I don't think that's fair to him. I mean, none of us. I, like, I'm not blowing the the hype train whistle for this guy. I'm I'm not. You know, we're not. But it was a spectacular knockout. I mean, and yeah. and it's something that we'd never seen before. He he definitely isn't. I mean, there it was great. I was on one of these uh, one of these discussion boards not not necessarily intelligent defense oh look at that Um, yeah
1: i was gonna bring that out yeah go ahead and do that again this is our new shirt
0: got new merch y'all look at that intelligent defense discussion group this is a prototype i'm still working on working on placement of the logo but it is is there um so shout out but hopefully before christmas i was on a disc i was on a discussion group a different discussion group and 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 the question was what was the most spectacular knockout that got you saying woo like uh, like Ric Flair. Um, So as I was thinking about it, there have been some tremendous knockouts. You know, the one that that really always comes to mind when I think of great knockouts. And and I know which one Kolechi is going to say, but Edson Barbosa versus Terry Edom. Right. Like that was that was one of the very first woo kind of knockouts because yeah. we didn't we didn't. No one saw that coming. And it was just so devastating for me because I'm an old head. I had to put. Uh, Johnny Hendrix versus Martin Kampman like that was just, just a straight left, whoa, just whoa. not, just laid him out like, like it was. Left. Yeah. I mean, it was, it the was incredible. days, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. It's Johnny <laughs> Hendrix. Whenever he was like creeping on the Hold come on. up.
1: Hold on, dog. Johnny Hendrix actually trains out in Arlington. Okay, we don't want none of that. Okay, I don't want. Oh yeah, I remember okay, him being on right. the ticket. But yeah. you don't have to worry about him now that you saw involved.
0: No, no, no. So just so that we're clear. Johnny Hendricks, his 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 decline in the UFC was not anything to do with USADA and and drug testing. It had everything to do without allowing um, IVs. So because he cut so much weight, he said that because they didn't allow IVs to to rehydrate, then he, it wouldn't allow him to cut as much weight. And because he couldn't cut as much weight, he couldn't get down. To, to, to the places 170. where 170. He
2: did always struggle with weight. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah he did. On another note, mm. I'm interested in seeing uh, which fight, you, which knockout you think I'm going to pick because you're probably right. Yeah.
0: Well, I know which fight you're going to pick because you are you are the, the, the world's greatest troll. And I know you're going to pick Chet Congo oh. knocking out Pat <laughs> Barry I
2: legit <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> you
0: like, you're oh, not you going to pick so, that knockout?
2: I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I totally was thinking Francis and Ganu and uh Overeem. Alice Overeem? okay. Oh, man, <laughs> but now awesome. Check Congo because
1: <laughs> 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 I can't believe I didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh you <laughs> know your boy funny. actually fought this weekend too. You know that, right?
2: Which one? Oh,
1: oh, Check Congo. He yeah. fought this weekend, yeah.
0: Did he win? Like I am not you know, I don't I don't even follow Czech Congo. Like this is an MMA podcast, and I don't even care. <laughs> we gotta you know look what? it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I gotta look it up. I'm, I'm thank guilty. goodness I we got.
0: Thank goodness up. we got John Keys here, or else we wouldn't even know that Chuck Congo is still an active fighter.
2: <laughs> oh, I knew he fought. I just didn't think it mattered when his whole Bellator life.
0: So oh, I mean, okay. it, did his career it, ever this? even matter? I mean, really,
2: it mattered because think about a guy like Chuck Congo. Having the greatest comeback in mixed (laughs) martial arts history. Oh, man. He's the prototype for Francis Ngannou. He is.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. No, he's not. Legitimately
2: fighting in a country that didn't have uh, MMA, Mm -hmm. moving to the U.S. for training. Uh, My guy. He's the greatest heavyweight of all time. <laughs> oh, well, hold, on, oh, man. Right hold on. I just want to say to my oh, listeners, on. to
0: the listeners out there, Kalechi is trolling you right now. Do not turn <laughs> off the podcast. Do not unsubscribe. Please. We need <laughs> Please, every one like of you.
2: Name a greater comeback. I'll wait. It
0: was a it was a pretty awesome comeback. It should it, it, the fight should have been stopped. I blame the ref. Oh. Pat Barry and I should go after. It's probably Steve Mazzagatti. I'd like <laughs> to see who's ref in that fight.
1: Well, done. Uh, uh, FYI, he lost by decision in Paris.
0: Figures, uh, yeah.
1: Because oh, that wow. was the first MMA fight in Paris,
2: right? Because MMA was illegal until this year. Yeah, yes, it, it, that's correct. And so that was a so big that. deal. Um. Anyway,
0: finishing up on Joaquin Buckley while while uh John looks up that fact, um, Scott Van Pelt, you know, he's uh ESPN uh, uh anchor. He got in trouble because uh Scott Van Pelt was like. I get that people love this knockout. He's like, I don't. I don't love it. He says, the guy is out, mashes his head on the ground. Yay. And so the UFC and the MMA community came after SVP. They were so angry that he didn't enjoy seeing this knockout. And he, he said that it, was, it wasn't the fact that the knockout wasn't spectacular. It was his concern for the fighter, um, Kasagane, uh, who is uh, who is knocked out and you know hits his head on the ground as he's falling you know to the mat. So my last question for you guys: We celebrate the spectacular knockout, but we forget that there is tremendous damage happening to the person who's on the receiving end of that. Do we shrug our shoulders and say that's the fight game, or should we have some concern or some compassion? some empathy for the person who gets knocked out in a spectacular fashion.
1: Okay, I guess I'll go first. Um, They're gladiators. They literally are paid to fight. Okay, long as there isn't any, I mean, you could have some concern if you want to, but they go in there to fight, they get knocked out, they get submitted. Sometimes bones break. Nose breaks are are often, okay? It happens in the fight game. I, you know, while I'm more concerned if he stays on the ground after an extremely long period of time, or God forbid they have to carry him out, if he gets back up, I'm okay. I'm only really concerned when they stay on the ground even, you know, for an extended period of time.
0: Okay. What do you think, Aletha?
1: Oh, and, and, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go
2: ahead. I think for the most part, I'm going to echo those sentiments, but I'll probably uh, choose uh, a slightly more soft way of saying that. Because yes, they are gladiators, but I think that there's levels to it in that when a boxer gets knocked out, I kind of don't care because, like, that's that's the desired outcome to me—a knockout. But the difference is their contracts are so much better. He's going to f- get medical help, he's going to have insurance, he's going to be fine or or she. But when I see an MMA fighter get knocked out, I'm thinking about the guys in the undercard who get knocked out where you're making 35, 40k a year. Like your medical insurance is only for the fight. Like I legitimately know fighters who take a fight because that's the only time they have insurance and then get everything else checked out. So when I see those guys get knocked out, I do have worries because unless you make it to the next level, you're just taking damage for the sake of damage. At the same time, I mean, I think my prefrontal cortex doesn't always kick in, and I'm just like, "You got knocked the- out!" Like it's, it's it's just one of
1: those. Mo- it's a visceral reaction. Like I'm not thinking about him. the dude. I'm thinking about like, "Yo, you just got knocked out." So like, you're saying, in other words, that either. We need to have a universal health care that protects everybody, that covers everybody, whether you have, you know, a job or not. Or we need a fighters union that will actually have it in the contract <laughs> that they would be covered.
0: If you, playing, if you are playing If you were playing the combat sports talk drinking game <laughs> you have to drink up fighters union. Just got uh just got referenced.
1: Oh, and just FYI check Congo, uh uh it was uh Dan Mergliata that was actually the
0: ref for that. Oh they really? Dan bang. Mergliata. Yeah, Dan yeah, Mergliata did went. no favors for Pat Berry. Yeah, he, he <laughs> let
1: them bang. He let them bang like warriors. That's all he did.
0: All right. So that
2: and is he the headliner bro. phrasing. <laughs>
0: Well, that's crazy. I'm going to keep going. Uh, this is the official. Let's go into the official decision and look at the other fights that were on the card on Saturday night. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the results from Saturday night. Uh, this was UFC Fight Island 5. Mohes versus Sanhagen. Saturday, October 10th, 2020, in the Flash Forum on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. There were six fights on the main card. Uh, Ilya Topuria versus Yusef Zalal. Uh, My guy. That's your guy. Your guy got beat by unanimous decision. Wow. Topuria uh, was pretty dominant in his performance. You know, I've been working on trying to develop a scoring system that was consistent, that is... Uh, that allows fans and perhaps judges to more consistently and more predictably score fights. And and one of the things I noticed is in this fight, it would have been really hard to score based upon the way that we've developed the, 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 the scoring system, system. Yep. because of the fact that one takedown resulted in multiple submission attempts. And I just don't know how to score the way that Topuria put Zalal in so many um so many submission attempts i mean it was just one after the other after the other zalal found just a way to escaping he escaped them but but he spent so much time with with topuria around his neck it was it was it was brutal yeah. but clearly topuria won the rounds but it it just seemed like it, the way that the, the 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 scoring system is written right now I can't score that because the the submission didn't end in a submission. But
1: see, it it doesn't, it's not the fact of, I think the fact that he, not the fact that he attempted, but the fact that he actually had it on and was really, I guess, as close to getting to a a submission as anybody could have. It's like being in an arm bar. And you have it locked in the arm bar, even though their arm is, you know, the back of their, their left hand is touching their right shoulder, okay? You can have it bent back there. That could be considered a score, okay? The fact that they're submitting or not is, is one thing. But the fact that you had them in, a threat, in that threatened position, that should be considered a score. I mean, he had, yeah. the, he had them locked up. He just wasn't tapping.
0: Yeah, I, I just I just want to be mindful of those times where you get a fighter who puts on a guillotine and he's just sitting there. The 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 opponent is not in any danger and right. he's sitting there cranking on this guillotine and he's just cranking and cranking on it. And you see the opponents like giving thumbs up and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't want to I don't want I don't want to create the rules so that it's scoring that as a legitimate um, submission attempt because. It's it's it looks like it's tight, but it's not, and Let's eventually the head it. pops out.
1: Yeah, but uh, but you have to look at it because you know fighters will throw up the "it's not hurting me" type signal when indeed it's doing some serious damage. Yeah, and you have to really look Just at it. Anthony Smith. <laughs> hey, you are close. You to said him it. You are. said
0: okay. it this time. I didn't say it. <laughs> I'll
1: just say that if you if you look at it like that, I mean that means that no submission attempts either you score them or you don't. And I don't think it's fair to a ground specialist that that if he's going for if he's going for submission attempts that you don't score that.
0: All right, Clitch, what do you think? I think
2: a submission I think a submission attempt is the same as a takedown. Mm. How much work are you putting in behind it? I mean it doesn't matter how much work you're putting in it's the, it's the efficacy of your attempt so if you have a if you have 100 takedown uh, attempts in a fight but don't score a single one does that mean that you were dominant not necessarily if you're just a jujitsu specialist and you keep going for the same thing uh, you keep going for different locks and you can't secure it to me that's the same as missing a takedown uh, attempt like congratulations you tried
1: but there's a different. I mean, as a difference, if you go for an arm bar and you don't get the arm, if they keep it, if they keep the lock on, you're tempting that. You're tempting that. That's different to they've got the arm extended and they're cranking it back.
0: But but that's the, but that's the thing, right? And so the way that the, the the way that the scoring system is set up is that if you score the touch tuck uh, the, the takedown, and then you pass to a more dominant position, that's where you get the score. The takedown yeah. is acknowledged. You get a point for the takedown, but you get more points for passing to a more dominant position. So what happens when you get reversed? The other person needs to make up those points because yeah, now yeah. I reverse the position. So the, the reason why I struggle with submissions on the way that the scoring system is written right now is because if you've got my arm extended and then I do what I need to do to get out of it, why should you get points for something that I escaped?
2: Exactly. Mm.
0: A submission needs if you're going to pull a submission, a submission has to end in a submission. Otherwise, okay. if it doesn't, it's a it's wasted action.
1: All right. So how about this? If a person gets the, the person gets the point for a submission, but a person gets um, but the person that's getting submitted gets a point for escaping.
0: I so so and that, that...
1: kind of negates that negates the the whole attempt versus. The escape, you pretty much put them back at zero.
0: But that's the thing, right? Is that it? Then the only time it would happen is that if you go to the end of the bell, you're in this in this arm bar. Then I don't actually get to escape. But otherwise, don't be an arm bar with the the bell. the, the, the 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 way that I see it is, a submission is designed to succeed or fail. If it succeeds, you win the fight, and it doesn't matter. If you don't succeed. Then the grappling continues and you should be jockeying for a better position anyway. So, yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear what the fight, what, what the fans think. For those of yes. you who are watching, let us know what you think. You know, this is something that is a living document, it's under development. Um, it works pretty well though. Yeah, and uh, and, and, but this is the one in this top, topiera, uh, Perea fight versus Zalal. I was, I was really thinking like. Wow, the number of times he attached uh, some type of submission attempt, it re- he really should be getting some type of benefit for, for that. And maybe those are passing guard. Maybe that's what we should really be scoring is the fact that he's putting himself in a position to to, to attempt another takedown, uh, to t- attempt another submission, and that should score as moving to a more advantageous position, which it, which which is codified within the the the, the methodology. So, I. Sorry for the digression here, but that's, that's something that I was thinking about in watching this fight. Tom Aspinall, he's, a, he's a, an English striker. He, he came in pretty, uh, pretty well, uh, highly touted, versus Alain Bordeaux. Um, Aspinall defeated Bordeaux via TKO in round one. I think this dude, I mean, I know the French always get a hard time because of them having surrendered to Germany in World War II. But this dude surrendered, man. He just balled up, turtled up. I didn't even really see him get struck that hard. I mean, maybe the, the heavyweights, maybe he did get struck very hard. But he turtled up real quick. This fight didn't go quite as long as I thought it probably should have.
1: The heavyweight fights in the undercard were more impressive to me. This is just another reason why that you watched the undercard. Okay, just you always watch the undercard because you will get they set the tone for the rest of the card. That's what I say. I vehemently disagree. I will not <laughs> take your vehem- <laughs> vehemently disagreement. I will not take that. No. I don't we will that. not have it. We will not have <laughs> it. <though.
2: laughs> we have watched from the undercard <laughs> as your no-name fighters. <laughs> but that's, that's the whole thing. The <laughs> MMA advances. I say we will not have it.
1: <laughs> we will not have it at all Man, I'm just saying. I like uh, the- watching the I like watching the prelims. There you know, it's it's always <laughs> a grab either. bag. It's a grab just, bag. E- yeah, either yeah. some nights that you you're not feeling it, some nights they're always feeling it. Okay. Yeah. You just you just have to watch. Watch the prelims. You'd, you'd be surprised what you find.
0: Yeah, you know, but that's the thing, too. If you really want to become a fan of this sport, you do have to watch even the, the undercard fighters to get an appreciation and to be able to see the patterns as they emerge. You know, uh, it's not yeah. just about mining for the, uh, the the highlight reel knockouts like th- was in this undercard, but it was also the fact that you start seeing how fighters, how the bodies move, how they strike, what they try to take advantage of, and Getting more time watching fights is what makes you a a, a more well rounded fan of mixed martial arts. Speaking of, Dricus Adricus uh, Duplessis Man, versus Marcus Perez. I, I'm not
1: making these pronunciations. Tonight. <laughs> Duplessis.
0: I I just I don't know if it's Dricus, Dricus. <laughs> I should probably learn that. Uh, Duplessis defeated Marcus Perez via KO at 3:22 in round number one. I got to say this, Duplessis w- looked really uncomfortable in the ring. I mean, everything he was doing was like he was throwing leg kicks and he was losing his balance. He was stumbling around. Marcus Perez looked like, and they said that he was the veteran in the ring. He, he was winning that fight till he wasn't. And, and, yeah. and that was one of those things where Perez ended up catching him on some kind of inside hook. It was, it was a really weird shot. That, that sent Marcus uh Perez to the ground, but I, I gotta give the credit to, to Duplessis. Follow up. Woof. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Molly Whoppery. Is that yeah. what yeah. we're calling it? Yeah, <laughs> follow up though. Yeah. <laughs> he hit the ground
0: and then and then Duplexes comes in with, with another left and just puts him to sleep. And I think I think yeah. he wakes up when his head hits the ground again. And <laughs> <the> <laughs> fight was about over after that.
1: Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Ben Rothwell. Versus March. Now, I didn't realize that the C is pronounced like a like a ch sound.
1: In what language?
0: This yeah. is Polish. Oh, so it's Marchen Tiberu. Ah,
1: oh.
2: well, shout out to the uh, Crackout Tigers.
0: Yeah, so Marchin Tybura defeated Ben Rothwell by unanimous decision. Rothwell, I thought, won the first round. Like I'm sitting there because. You know, KC and I were the only two on Rothwell, and uh, I thought Rothwell won the first round, and then Tabura just started moving his head, moving around, landing strikes, bloodied up Rothwell, and by the time the fight was over, Rothwell was ground and pound to just mush. It was... I had not seen Rothwell take a beating like that in a long time.
1: Hey, hamburger meat does that.
0: All right, in the (laughs) co-main event... I'm just going to let that one hit the ground. In in the co-main event, Edson Barbosa defeated Maquan Amerkani via unanimous decision. Uh, I was the only person on Amerkani and so because of that, I in solo have to have have to get one of these. Aha, you fool, you fell victim to one of the classic blunders. And of course, I need a little bit of this.
2: For ah, 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 <laughs> <on> the record, <laughs> Did you hit the wrong button first?
0: No, 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 no. I, I, I played, I played the classic blunders. I played the classic blunder. I, I intentionally uh, did that. You can't do
1: that because I'm like, that was, that was a really, I thought it was a really good fight. I mean, it was just, I did a not Barbo- enjoy it. I mean, Barbosa was just a better fighter.
0: Why didn't I you just... enjoy it, Kalechi?
1: I give you full screen uh, maybe on it was this. just too evenly
2: matched.
0: What? I'm giving best. you full, full screen for your explanation of why you didn't enjoy this fight. It was oh, a great fight.
1: Here we go,
2: Full screen close-up. <laughs> well, w- was it a great fight, or was it a lot of feeling each other out?
0: That was a great I, fight. I don't know.
2: They were just e- I, I felt like they were evenly matched, of course, but uh-huh. I guess I just expected more out of Edson Barbosa, to be honest. Like Maybe my expectations are just crazy high for him, but he has all the tool sets to be one of the greats, and I just feel like, for me, he should have dismantled uh, I'm
1: now, I, I thought the same thing until I saw his one loss record. Because I was like, I was thinking, why is he ranked so low? Okay. And then I looked at his one loss record and I'm like, okay, it's starting to make sense. Okay. Because he had racked up several losses before he won this one. Mm. And I, yeah. And in that division, he's just, he's just, it, it, no. And that division well, is just a bad... It, he, he's, you know, he, when you... It's, oh, go ahead. Well,
0: what I was going to say is he's ranked low because, remember, he took a lot of losses at 155. He's gone down yeah. to 145, so this is a new division for him.
1: Yeah. That yeah. I didn't realize. And, and so, the hair. The hair he, made him slow.
0: Oh, dude. I like the new I, look. I like the new look of Edson Barbosa Jr. But you got to remember I like that, that
2: you mentioned slow, though. Because I felt like that was the difference. He, he He's not... He's not at what I consider that 2.0 or even 3.0 of UFC where it's like coming out of the gate running with a game plan. He, I felt like round one was really just picking shots. Round two was picking shots. Like, I, I don't know. That's different to me.
0: He busted up Maquan Amir Khane. Like, yeah. a- a- Amir Khane, if you get a chance to watch some of his older fights, you'll see this guy is a great striker and a, and a, and a wonderful grappler. And so his, his, really his goal was to try to get Barbosa on the ground because we know yeah. that in, the, in the fights that Barbosa has been taken to the ground by Kevin Lee, by uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, that Edson Barbosa, you can, you can tire him out by forcing him to grapple on the ground. And so that was really what sure. Amerikani was going to do, but he couldn't, get, he couldn't get Barbosa on the ground. And as a result, Barbosa dropped him twice in, I think, the third round or yeah. maybe the second round. But either way, I mean, he just caught him straight in the, in the nose twice in the same round. It's like, what, what can you do? At this point, you can't land these big strikes and, and, and keep fighting. So, um, or you can't take these big strikes and keep fighting. So uh, Amir Khani got, uh, got, you know, he got beat. He got handed to him. And so I was the only person on Amir Khani. I had to take my, to take my whip in there. Um, the last fight, the main event of the evening... Marlon Mojese was defeated by Corey Sanhagen via TKO, will kick and punches. I have to say that the nostril Domus of MMA got this right. The only person to pick Corey Sanhagen was Kelechi, K.C. Onyebuchi. What do you have to say for so yourself, I will, sir?
2: I will say that it wasn't even just being like the nostril Domus, It was being the homer, to be honest, like, Seeing that Corey Sanhagen fights out of Colorado and he's just been like a small-time guy doing his best and just doing what he has to do to win, knowing that he was coming off a loss, I figured he'd have that hunger in him to, to really throw it all out there. And, like, it's understated, but it was still another ninja-style kit <laughs> that won this. Like, the dude's pulling out tricks and showing that he's got a very complete game. And what I loved about this fight was that he stood tall. He, he kept his distance and knew he was going up against a power puncher and really chose his shots well without sitting back. Like, he was active while while continuing to stay at distance. Like, that dude just has what it takes, and he's got the frame to give a lot of people trouble.
0: Here's the question. Marlon Hayes went to social media, and he said that it wasn't his day, but the fight was stopped early. Do you think that the fight... Was stopped
2: early. No, the, the way he tried to get up, come on, fam. Like, uh, I know every fighter is supposed to feel that way. And hell, heck, I thought the fight was stopped early when I couldn't breathe. And you are like, nah, <laughs> we're throwing him in the towel. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> it's one of those that you'll see it in
1: retrospect and be like, yeah, nah, he got me.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think, John Keys?
1: I, I, you know, I have to watch it again. I thought he did get stopped early. I really did. I mean, because he was still scrambling. He was still scrambling, but you know what? The ref was right there. He saw He saw something that I did. I'm going to say, if I'd, I had, he needed a couple more seconds. If he got a couple more seconds and tried to get up and he stumbled up, then yeah, I <laughs> would got like, kicked okay. right back down. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> and he, and that was the part I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if he was really there or not you know so, so
2: yeah. <laughs> you're 100 percent right he was scrambling but yes. when the ref stops the fight notice the scramble basically stops and and, and Moises is trying to figure out what what year he's in
1: yeah like
2: so, I mean, the guy like so yes i, I I'll, I'll i'll rescind this like yes early stoppage for the sake of protecting the fighter
1: and that's and that's fine i mean if you could clearly see that dude was dude was was done like yeah. I said, he probably saw something in his eyes. His face was like, Ur, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. All I'm gonna say is is that either way, you know, Corey did because at first, I was like, did that kick actually hit? Him? It did hit him. It did okay. hit him. it, so, it hit know. him in the worst place, okay? It's like right up in here. if I didn't have hair, uh, it would be like right up in there. and that's that's your brain, okay? So <laughs> where get <you hit> <laughs>
0: Yeah. Hit him right there. That's your brain right there.
2: That's your brain. and Yeah. That, Dr. It. Keys over here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's the, he's the, now we're going to call him John the Keys to Surgery.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, now what you're hey. seeing here is the amygdala <laughs> and the, the lighting of the prefrontal cortex. And this means that his fine motor
1: functions have now been shut down
2: and they he has no like choice that. but to fall.
1: He got kicked in the back of the head, the back of the head, the, the, the kitchen. He got kicked and the kitchen closed. <laughs> Come on, Doc. Come
0: yeah, we gonna, Doc. we call him we are gonna call him Dr. Keys from now on. That's
1: right. Little known fact, I, when I was in the army before I before I went to ordnance school, I did go to medical specialist school. So, you know. He knows was, he knows
0: his anatomy and physiology.
1: I just, I know how to break you. Clearly. All right. Well, that,
0: <laughs> that is the official decision. Now we are going into the Finding the Angles. All right. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we talk about the headlines. And I'm going to tell you guys up front, I did not organize these. So we may double back. We may triple back. We may be all over the headlines when it comes to finding the angles this week. So just bear with us. We're going to go quickly through the world of headlines uh, in the MMA world. Uh, First off, Corey Sanhagen says that he believes that Aldermain Sterling deserves Peter Yan next. But if the UFC offers, he's taking that shadow shot.
1: That was a
2: very weird statement. Come on, man. You better. He's not wrong. But you got to self-promote in this game.
1: Well I hear you, but, but I'm just like, dude, you know there's an injustice going on,
0: and, right, and he he knows. He said that he would feel really bad if the UFC gave him a title shot over Algermaine Sterling, especially well. given that Aldermaine Sterling has a win over Corey Sandhagen. So yes. it, you would think that or that 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 Alderman Sterling would get that next title shot, but here we are in October and Dana White has only acknowledged that it makes sense that Aljermaine Sterling would get the next title shot, but nothing has been booked. Nothing is guaranteed, and with this highlight reel finish of Marlon Mojese, who was the number one contender at 135 pounds, it is very possible, but it is very possible that Corey Sanhagen could sneak past Aljermaine Sterling and get that shot.
1: And now, why I, you do know, you think that is? You know what? We got to do a deep dive. You know, I've been circling around this topic, and I've just, I've, I've often asked the question, why is it that Dana just won't let Al Jermaine Sterling get the shot? It is, it is, in the words of of Django, "You had my curiosity, now you have my interest." Okay, I'm gonna have to do a deep dive and find out where it went wrong. Okay, where this relationship went went wrong? Okay.
2: So what I hear you say is that Algermaine Sterling wants the fight and Dana White said, "But but 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 you black."
0: Why why did I let this happen? Why did I let this happen? I mean, Kelechi is we got militant Kelechi here today. We we got to be prepared. look I'm gonna have oh to start. Look, am I am I gonna have to get my no Kalechi camera angle ready?
1: So you can just hear it in the background. No, let's not do that That's
0: disembodied voice work. of Kalechi going.
1: But you blick. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, that's all, not all, it. I just, it was just fun to throw out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is fun to throw out <laughs> it, there, but seriously, we need to find out why. Well, yeah,
0: really. I, I, I don't know. Uh, we should, we, 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 should probably find out why. Um, but that's that is not to say that Jermaine Sterling is not going to get the next title shot. It is only the fact that it is still in un, in question, and it has been this long since Jermaine Sterling beat Corey Sanhagen. Like, Jermaine Sterling's last fight was Corey Sanhagen. Like he should yeah. have, he should have this title shot by now. That even if they're talking about possibly giving Corey Sanhagen this title shot, something is afoot that is keeping Aljamain Sterling and Peter Yawn from being uh, declared. So I want to see what happens there.
2: Probably a fist, not a foot.
0: Yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> so everybody knows the, the the Mike Perry, Platinum Mike Perry, and Darren Till beef that's going on. That basically. Um, Mike Perry is taking taking an L to Darren Till in the social media Twitter beef wars. However, Darren Till actually went a step farther. So we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago. But Mike Perry said that he was willing to give a corner spot to the highest bidder. So anyone out there, you, me, anyone listening, could bid on a spot to corner Mike Perry in a fight. Darren Till's like, "I'll be your Huckleberry," and he paid five thousand dollars to corner Mike Perry.
2: My like guy said, "I got five
0: on it." I got five on it. Oh, very nice. Look at you. Look at you.
1: Uh, um, this relationship is is rivaling Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman at this point. All I'm right.
2: so glad you didn't throw up, John Jones. Oh my gosh!
0: Well, go ahead and say, go ahead, and complete it, so our listeners can can make the drink. No, 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 no. He did not say the
1: other name. All right, so it does not, it does not. I could count. have been talking about John Jones and Izzy. Yeah, he could have. But no, because no, this is humorous, but it's going to end up in a fist fight. Okay, that's the only difference between Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and Darren Till and Mike Perry. It's going to end up... Darren Till and Mike Perry are going to end up in a fist fight at some point.
2: I wonder if... Uh, Street Jesus, why did I forget his name? Jorge, Jorge
1: Masvidal.
0: Yeah, there it is.
2: Some...
1: Ryan, why
2: did forget his name? But... Um. So, <laughs> Jorge posted about... um all these professional fight uh, trash talking that turned to physical fighting uh, uh, outside of the octagon or the ring and I'm wondering if this had something to do with it because there's been a lot more Twitter beef than usual amongst UFC fighters cool. and yeah. right. I mean Street Jesus is the king of the two piece in a biscuit so maybe he's hoping that some, some more of this plays out well, they,
1: okay. okay go ahead go ahead Ron well I was just going to
0: say the, the hard part Is it like Mike Perry fights at like 155, doesn't he? He's at like 155. So um, 155 or 170, well, Darren Till's at 185. Like Mike Perry is is a lamb led to slaughter if he thinks he's going to walk in there against big old gorilla Darren Till and do some damage. Like it'd be different if Darren Till was just some dude off the street who didn't know how to fight. But Darren Till is a Muay Thai specialist, and he's a big old dude with tree trunk legs. I don't think Mike Perry needs his nose. Oh, so uh, we got it coming in from from one of our listeners here, uh, George Stallworth, that uh, that, <laughs> that, cat? that Mike Perry is a uh, is a one seventyer. Either way, Darren Till is a big one eighty five. Oh,
1: yeah, I, hey, and Darren Till has proven time and again that he can. He'll come down to one seventy. Um,
2: Isn't it your uh, stance, Mr. John, Dr. John Keyes, that size is of no consequence
1: in MMA? Absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) Randy Couture has proven it. And I've watched enough UFC that I could be, uh, I may not be a doctor, but hey, I went to a Holiday Inn once and I know some doctors. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All I'm saying is, 15 pounds, what, 15 pounds, between, that's not, and to two strikers, 15 pounds isn't going to be much. I doubt there isn't going to be any grab, handsy grabby stuff unless somebody gets hit real hard. And then all of a sudden, somebody's going to come 15
2: pounds around. in MMA is a big deal, especially oh, in
1: rehydration. <laughs> that is true, because remember, people, just because they make weight don't mean they stay weight. All right. The only time they stay weight is if they they hit the they hit the the scales just before they go into the ring. All right, and we ain't seeing that. So I say let them go for it. I say give them a catch weight and just let the two the two animals have it. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I I mean I I'll I'll see it. And and you know I was having a conversation uh this week because we were talking about a forty pound difference at heavyweight and whether or not that was fair. And the, the lighter fighter ended up winning by TKO. So, you know, once you get to a certain weight class, you get diminishing returns on the advantages that weight will give you. Because once you get to a certain frame, body size, um, it really comes down to how the weight is distributed, whether or not you're going for power or speed and endurance. And so, um, you know, but I think that Darren Till probably walks around much heavier than 185. I mean, the dude is six feet tall, fights at 185, and we saw him in his first fight against... um, against Kelvin Gastelum and mm-hmm. and Darren Till just looked like a Hulk next to Kel- Kelvin Gastelum so yeah. I, you know I, I just don't like the matchup for Mike Perry um and so you know maybe he his, his crazy crazy eyes can can make it make it a fight but uh, Darren 100%. Till I think Darren I was Till gonna say uh,
1: that have you met Mike Perry Okay. Have you seen his antics? He is slowly becoming the ODB of MMA. He's trying mm-hmm. to take Crazy Horse's title.
0: Well, he he is that.
1: Yeah, and he's doing a good job at it, might I say.
0: So, so Darren Till has um, has a fight coming up this December against Jack Hermanson, mm. and um, you know, and like and 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 it's going to be a great fight, but but. Darren Till says once he dispatches of Jack Hermanson, Jack the Joker, um, that he wants to come for Hamzat Shemaev. Since nobody wants to fight him, he's like, "I'll take. I- I- Listen, I- I'll do it." Like I-, I like this Darren Till. That's like that. That's willing to just kind of at least throw his name in these hats to stay interesting. You know, it's real hard for for fighters who don't who aren't great on the mic. I mean. You know the Liverpool accent that Darren Till has is sometimes difficult to understand, and so you know it's it's if he's on if he's able to write and stay on social media and stay relevant and keep his name up with some of these people, fighting Hamzat Chimaev is a is probably a great fight for for him to take because he could be that number one on 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 Chimaev's uh, rising star.
2: The downside for Darren and all of this is that. He's only in this position because of his inconsistent UFC record. If he's if he's winning more often, he's not even in a spot where he has to call these shots and, and have Hamzat be something that actually boosts his resume. It's It's sad that a fighter of his caliber has picked the wrong shots and hurt his resume to the point that Hamzat's even realistically on his radar.
1: I don't know. I think, that's, I think it'd be a good fight. I mean, Darren Till is grooming himself to become the next Donald Cerrone, in my opinion, that he's either hit or miss. And he's, hopefully... He's going to be, what hit. is
2: that, 37 dresses or whatever it is? Always the bridesmaid, never the bride? Yeah, like, yeah. 27
0: dresses, right? Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, 7 <laughs> dresses. 7? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27. I think, was it One of these numbers. It's
0: 27 <laughs> dresses. I'm almost... Yes, it's 27 oh, Dresses.
2: <laughs> of course no I know.
0: That. No shame in that. <laughs>
2: like, oh, I, I watch chick flicks. I'm here I, for it. Yeah. But no, but I, <laughs>
0: look, I got a wife next on the other side of this wall. I had to watch a lot of chick flicks to get that marriage. Alright? <laughs> Just saying. I
2: support it. Have you <laughs> nah, but it? For real though, I, I feel like right. that's my point. Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: Do you know the 10, the ten things she hates about him? Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't name them. What, we're going to start
0: start naming them out? Is that what you want? You want us to go through the list of. Uh,
1: I want to hear how. Is
2: that the one where there's like a puppy involved? Mm hmm. Okay, I've seen this one.
1: 10 Things I Hate About
0: You. This is the Julia Styles movie. Like, of course I'm looking it up. Like, I'm not supposed to retain the information. (laughs) Like,
1: look, (laughs) look, I just had to be present. It's It's still me. me. I had to be
0: there. I had to sit in the theater. I had to eat the popcorn.
1: Oh, oh, wait. You saw that in the theater, dude. Yeah, I, that's a different, <laughs> Okay, listen. confession time. I saw Titanic in the theater. I ain't going.
0: Dude, I, I saw Titanic I in too. the theater. Three hours. Yeah. 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 I, I listen. Okay. Funny story, and then we'll, we'll get back to the fight game. <laughs> so, is. so we We're have been there. Netflix, uh, okay. Yeah. This is this is combat sports talk, man. <laughs> I was in combat. It was <laughs> combat at Titanic. I'm sitting in here. I'm sitting in here with my girlfriend, now my wife, watching Titanic. I gotta speak. I gotta speak soft because I was like, "No, I'm just kidding."
2: You round, I be talking. <laughs>
0: uh, we are in there for three freaking hours. That movie is three hours long. Yes. Homegirl throws the throws the necklace in the in the ocean. Credits start to roll. I'm like, "Well." that was a good movie. Let's get out of here. And she grabs me and holds me in my seat and is like, no, I want to watch the credits. So I didn't leave until the credits on this three-hour movie.
1: So it was a three-and-a-half hour movie. Hell, Hell to yeah. the yes. <laughs> Bruh, Ended up watching.
0: Whole
2: perception of her.
0: <laughs> I ha- I'm i sitting there like, please. And I'm trying not to laugh because you know she's sitting there crying right. and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, well, that's... I can't laugh. Uh, uh, go ahead. I, I can't, I can't laugh. So I'm just sitting in there waiting, <laughs> looking at, like, looking at my watch. Popcorn's all gone, wondering how much longer these, I got to listen to C- Celine Dion telling me that her heart will go on.
1: And that's the reason why you have a problem with Celine Dion. I got it now. I hear it.
0: Yeah, I gotta add that
1: because I used to make jokes about fighters coming out to Celine Dion, and his eyes would do a three sixty roll in his head. And Mm -hmm. now I know
0: why. By the way, if you are playing the drinking game, that is another one of John Keyes' drinks. You have to drink if John Keyes references inappropriate songs for walkout music.
2: (laughs) That's true. There you go. It's a drink. It's
1: it's all inappropriate until the dude is is, until the opponent's. (laughs) See, see, See? here we go.
0: We (laughs) don't open the door. Here we go. All right, let's get back to the to 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 the stuff that people actually came to listen for. They want (laughs) headlines. They don't want to hear stories about chick flicks. All right. Um. So speaking of Twitter beefs, uh, Israel Adesanya is has now taken a five to, to to one lead. In 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 the Twitter beef between him and John Jones, Izzy is pulling away. I don't think that John Jones he's he needs a knockout. He needs to finish to 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 win to win this Twitter beef with Israel Adesanya at this point. Um, yeah. But what was funny is that that Israel Adesanya was talking about how John Jones was hiding from Usada, you know, way back in the day, you know, to get you know to keep from his picograms from being caught, and John Jones was like. Uh, let the record show, if you guys know your Cosby Show references, let the record show. I hid <laughs> underneath the, the, the cage because I had just finished smoking marijuana, and I didn't want to get busted for, for marijuana, not for steroid use. And it's like, wait a minute, John. Hold up. <laughs> just because you didn't want to get popped for steroids. But you, I mean, just because you didn't want to get popped for marijuana, doesn't make it any better that you hid from USADA underneath the cage.
1: (laughs) Thank you. So let's get this straight. Everybody's going to bypass that. All right, we're just going to totally forget that you actually just admitted that you hid under the cage and that the story is true after all. All right.
0: See, see, this is why I say stop hitting yourself, John. Like, dude, do not. Get into Twitter beefs. This is not your skill set. This is not your wheelhouse. Hand me your phone. Let me be your Twitter beef Cyrano de Bergerac, your, your Roxanne. Let me be your, your, your Huckleberry. Huckleberry. I yeah. want to <laughs> talk smack for you. You should not do that. You talk smack with your hands and your feet. Do that. Let somebody else do your trash talking on social media.
2: He's got a downside here because he did score a win and like uh, a fighter start trying to stay in the fight he just keeps relying on this one punch of calling Izzy a child. Like it worked in the first round, but Izzy's learned to counter and you got to do better. Yeah. Like it's just he's staying in there because he thinks he's got a chance. And someone much like we're just in a world where a lot of people just don't deserve Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: And yeah, let it go, dude. You lost, yeah, just,
0: just, yeah,
2: just...
1: yeah. At this point, anytime Izzy says something, just say okay and just let it go. <laughs> you,
2: you know, what would help is if there was more of a contract between the fighters and management and what can and can't be put out there. Yeah. I'm just saying, and other stuff, sports... then you're
1: infringing on the fighter's right to speak. That's his right, uh, that's his first <clears throat> amendment right. Remember, first amendment protects you from the government it doesn't protect you from israel adesanya okay man don't... i was about to say that first amendment's tricky y'all
0: yeah and, and and the other thing is is don't go after izzy right now izzy fought in fight island and he is on a 14 day uh quarantine before he can get back in new zealand so the dude has nothing else going on Wait, wait
1: i thought that was over this last weekend that was over saturday has either, it been
0: two weeks? Either way, he dude has been yeah, on quarantine. Yeah. So, like, he doesn't have anything to do. He's not doing anything except for looking at Twitter. Like, wait until Izzy's back in training camp before you're going after him. Because that way, he doesn't have the ability to throw combos, bunches of punches on Twitter. Like, don't do that.
2: Yeah, this is why Ryan is scary. He literally maps out. He's got, like, a social media. And at 3 o'clock today would be the best time to fire this
0: shot at John. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm serious. If, if, if someone out there in, 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 the, in, in the podcast world knows John Jones, tell him that I will do his trash talking for him. Like, it is it, no disrespect to, to the champ, but bruh. Just, like, do this. Just write, fight me. After every time, every time he says something, just say, fight me. And that would do much better than what you're doing right
2: now. If you so bad, hit me.
0: Hit me. Come in the <laughs> ring. I I will sh- look. My my boy, my, my boy, uh Habib Namurga Medoff said, send me location. I'm gonna okay. send you like I'm gonna build because I'm John Jones and because I have money, I'm going to build an octagon at this location and I'm gonna stand here on this date. You come find me. Like, actually, you know what I'm gonna do? It's see if John Jones really fire. wanna do it. I'm going to go to New Zealand. I'm going to build an octagon in the middle of a, a of the New Zealand countryside, and I'm going wow. to stand there on a date and dare you to come and find me, Israel Adesanya. I don't know about that dog because I've seen some of the wildlife down
2: there. That's a big, dangerous. I don't know. Now
0: okay. you're talking about Australia, not New Zealand. New yeah, Zealand bro. has There's sheep. An, oh, okay, okay. I'm just saying they're
2: awfully close, man. I mean, I'm just they got sheep. The sheep will get you. Real talk, though, like, uh, I love that the mention of Khabib Nurmagomedov and Send Location. Having those sound bites and being quick and simple to the point mm-hmm. is the key here. John is uh, elaborating way too much and trying to be prolific in his denunciation of Izzy, and it's it's falling on deaf ears at this point. Like, short and sweet. Make a, a sound bite a, a message that's easily repeatable. Yep. And your fight me
1: is perfection because there's no retort. And yeah. Just remember, people, combat sports talks not only deals with the physical, it deals with the verbal as well.
0: We some trash talkers here. I challenge anybody. Speaking of Habib Nurmagomedov, uh, he said that he would not coach on uh, the upcoming epi- uh, season of Tough against Conor McGregor, even if the UFC offered him Five billion dollars.
2: Billion. So why does Dana White lie? As we talked earlier, like Dana White saying that, "Oh, oh, I offered Connor um, to to fight um, to to coach tough uh, against Habib." That clearly is not true. So, well, he at this offered point, it. There's no accountability.
0: I, I think he offered it. I just don't think Habib oh, and Mergametoff even entertained the idea because Habib's exactly saying Habib is saying that that's good attention. He says, I'm not into the practice of giving Conor McGregor good attention.
1: Mm-hmm. These are facts. because uh, Conor could get under Habib real quick. okay. As cool as Habib kept it, it would take an off day for Habib to. And that will be the end of Connor. All right. Would, yeah. Because remember, he's still the Dagestani gangster. All right. I don't care what anybody says. That man is dangerous. All right. He is dangerous. And I don't think it would be safe for Connor and Habib to occupy the same building for any length of time other than for a fight. There's
2: there's entirely too many security concerns around that happening for not even just the fighters and what they would do, but their teams coming after each other, the fan groups like it's it is too caustic a situation for the UFC to say that this is in this time worth their money Mm. to do a full tough like that's too much security and too much management of of people. Well, even in a quarantine setting
0: but see that's not what Dana White is concerned about he's not thinking about the security aspects he's thinking about the, the 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 fact that it's going to make for amazing television I mean do you think that if you got Habib Nurmagomedov and his crew Conor McGregor and his crew especially if he was able to get Artem Lobov to show up
1: Ooh. hey you know hey why y'all playing around Artem is is actually he's actually signing on to a uh uh it's MMA. a regional
0: fight promotion. I mean it, it's great that his career is still going, but I, you know I think that you know Bare Knuckle FC is done with him and and so he is off to you know the, you know the the next thing and he's so he's signing up to a a regional fight promotion. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember where, but you know his, his career continues. The thing is is that you know, to to Kalechi's point, if you get Conor McGregor and his crew and, 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 and Habib Nurmagomedov and his crew in the same space for six weeks,
2: oh, it's un, untenable. Somebody will get in a the fight there. There will be a breach of COVID protocol. Yeah. It's, there's
1: too much liability. Yeah. It, it, it would be bloody. Yeah. Uh, something tells me it will be bloody and it will be very costly.
0: Now, Speaking of Conor McGregor, uh, there is a a challenge out there, and it's called "How It Started" and "How It's Going." Have you guys heard the "How It Started, How It's Going" challenge? I have not. So enlighten me. So basically, the "How It Started, How It's Going" challenge is a story. You're supposed to have a picture of you when you just started on your journey. You know, so maybe it would be a picture of me as a little kid. Uh, There's a picture of me at my church growing up with a microphone doing my my easter speech so i would put that picture there and then a picture of us doing combat sports talk today and so it would be kind of a you know before and after kind of picture well conor mcgregor posted his how it started how it's going challenge and it was probably one of the most inspirational things that he's done because His how it started picture was an email from Sean Shelby in 2012 thanking his coach Kavanaugh for the offer to have Conor McGregor come and try out for the UFC. But he didn't need any lightweights at the time. And if he needed a lightweight in the future, he would reach out. So ultimately, Conor McGregor got declined by the UFC back in 2012. Uh. And now he's, you know proper 12 double champ all the accolades you want to put on Conor McGregor and the identity that he has made for himself in the UFC. I think he, I think I think it's going pretty well for him after the 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 rejection letter that he got from them in 2012. So, wanted to put that out there. Conor McGregor is not all bad.
2: Except for he is.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. Got to be positive,
0: Kletchy. We got we just had a positive story about Conor McGregor. <laughs>
2: Connor but you left Dillon it too open
1: for me. <laughs> Connor kneeling <laughs> on the talk- ground, you're the a soccer kick. Okay. <laughs>
2: <That's>, <laughs> this is not pride. His beef with Dustin Poirier, and, and Poirier saying that the only reason that Connor wants this fight is because he's going to fight a Southpaw and Pacquiao, and Connor wants practice against a Southpaw leading up to that.
0: But Connor's a Southpaw.
2: Yeah, but how often does he fight Southpaws?
1: Exactly.
0: I don't know. How often do you fight Southpaws?
1: Uh, here oh, for real! <laughs> 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 that's dirty. Gone. Is that a drinking moment? I think that's a drinking. I think moment, that is isn't? a drinking
0: moment. Like that one's a, that one's a harder one to pull out. But yes, if if I make a reference to me having fought Kalechi in the past, that is a drinking moment. So yes, that is if you are playing the drinking game here, uh, Combat Sports Talk. That is um, that is that is a drinking also.
2: And drinking game with fruit punch, and so my blood sugar's just been spiking this whole time. <laughs> I think that's why I'm on Connor right now. My blood, blood sugar's spiking.
0: Yeah, well, we got to we got to get through this show so that you know, you because we've been you've had a couple of drink, uh, you know, a couple of swigs of that of that fruit punch. So uh, you're gonna be making having to make a bathroom break pretty soon. So we're gonna have to get going. Um, right. because I'm a troll and I want to do this to to Kelechi, Jorge Masvidal teams up with Donald Trump Jr. for Fighters Against Socialism bus tour. That's right. I did it. I brought that to you. There you go. Oh, feel Why do it. you hate? Feel it.
2: You hate me. Feel it. Again, <laughs> my boss watches this show. <laughs> so <laughs> but That's you right. Know how I feel I'm pushing
0: it. you. I'm pushing you to that line. We're going to have to do an after dark just so you can get it out. Um, The... uh. Yeah, it's basically, you know, Jorge Masvidal has expressed his support of Donald Trump um, many times. And so they've got him going down the streets of Miami-Dade, uh, supporting him and uh, speaking out against uh, Joe Biden.
2: How's that work? I have so many
1: problems with this. Okay. okay, I'm going to okay. lead with, <laughs> yeah, well, you you got it, John, because I might go in. <laughs> okay. We're going to save Kelechi's moment for after the bell it's going to happen immediately after the show it's literally we're going to say goodbye and we're just going to lift it up and then we're going to hype kelechi up on on the whole trump jr thing and jorge masvidal and then we're just going to let him fly we're not it's gonna like be able to
0: publish it dude like like we're not gonna be able to publish it like fans are gonna gonna be like oh i can't wait to go and see what Kalechi's gonna say about this and then it's going to be like no we can't publish it it's it's basically one well, here's big the thing, though, censored is, statement y'all
2: know me and i i love history and yeah. so for me this is this is problematic from a historical stance and the fact that for any anyone who is a, will disagree with my statement i will challenge you to first understand what socialism is like mm-hmm. if we're not arguing from the same terms then we can just end the conversation there right so if you're against socialism First, tell me what you know about socialism. And then I need you to look up economic policies and sanctions from the U.S. from 1930 to 1999. And then tell me if you understand socialism again. And then I want you to look at the history of um, uh, Donald Trump Jr., his life story, and how he fits in with socialism. If you don't have that groundwork, then we can't argue. If you do have that groundwork, then first of all, why are you doing that studying? Second of all,
0: like, <laughs> let's do it. Well, okay, no, like, all
1: right, all right, all right. Breaks, breaks. Okay. <laughs> so,
0: so, so you feel it? It's rising Yeah. Out. So yeah, you, yeah. you're gonna have to catch it. He didn't. He didn't want me to put his uh, Twitter Twitter uh, handle out there, but but if you want to <laughs> catch, catch, catch Kolechi if you want to catch Kelechi on Instagram, you know there there it is. It's push pull prey. Uh, he 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 is ready and willing to take Feels all challengers. High. He is he is oh. ready there. I, I, yes, I I am sorry for spinning you up, but I I saw that headline and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I gotta put this on. <laughs> oh, I'm
2: so glad I wasn't in the run sheet, and oh, that was man. a surprise because.
1: But that real talk, though,
2: okay, I, I will say, if anyone does come into my DMs, I'm all about respectful conversation. But I will respectfully ask you to, at the very minimum, understand what socialism is,
1: and don't come on mine. Okay, because I will talk crazy. Unlike the unlike the, <laughs> the, the cultured gentleman here, okay, I do talk crazy. Okay, and it's it's I am surprised that I am not in Facebook jail on a permanent basis. I am surprised Instagram has said, nah man, we can't let you do this. I, 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 it's it's not I'm not pretty. Okay. I'm not pretty with it. I'll just come with you with the blunt, honest truth about the situation. Okay, John, you're a fun
2: follow, but I can't like half your posts because people can see what I like. Like, I feel you. I can't publicly like it. Yeah, it, it,
0: you, you, if you follow John Keys on anything, you just have – the, the thing is, if you follow John Keys, then the thing you have to know is that he is actually a genuinely good dude. Like, getting to know him – the things, that. The, things that he is, the things that he thinks is funny is going to cause you to question this guy. But he, uh, let me just say, knowing him personally, having worked with him for almost five years, I know him. He is a good dude.
2: <laughs> Do not
0: judge him by what he thinks is funny. That's all I'm saying.
2: Okay, all right, all right. This all right, is combat no. sports
1: talk and we endorse this message. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Y'all make it sound okay, so let's yeah. let's yeah. about that. That's yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm I'll give a you veteran full screen. All right, I have veteran tendencies. If you know a veteran, there's two things you should know about them. One, we are outrageous when it comes to our opinions, and two, we have a very dark sense of humor. You may not always see it, but believe me, it's there. Okay, it just takes something very twisted to come out. You're like, and we will chuckle with it. It's 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 how we're it's how we're programmed. Sorry, all right. But with that said, I am I I don't have to say I'm a good dude. You go on my Facebook and you and, and and you follow me. I will promise you two things. You're going to laugh. You're going to end up hungry because I post a lot of food.
0: That you do. Yeah,
1: and and you'll be ready to argue. Okay, You'll be ready to argue. And I and I I invite all arguments. Okay. Just promise me, come with some intelligence. All right. If you come with me with straight ignorance, I will feed you to the wolves. And my wolves, are, are, are they, they, they don't play. Okay. And I will not play with them. Okay. I will come to you and I will hit you with what you ever, whatever you hit me. You come with me respectfully, I will come with you respectfully. You come at me with some ignorance, I will get ignorant with you. We can both sit in the mud.
2: I just need you to know you just invited ignorance in that segment. So yeah, yeah. good
0: luck. Yeah, you're getting ready to get it. <laughs> <laughs> the, interwebs, the interwebs are unkind. I, I know they are. I've been there. <laughs> last, last story, Errol Spence Jr. Remember, he's back from his car accident that uh, left him injured. He's going to fight Danny Garcia, and that has been moved to the AT&T Stadium and will have fans in attendance. There you go. So who's Danny
2: Garcia's current fight, though? Like that seems to be a dope one too. His his lineup is gonna be fire.
0: Yeah. So so, but this is they're moving this to a very big. So this is a boxing. So let me just say, for those of you who are MMA fans, we do cover other combat sports other than MMA, and this is boxing. Errol Spence, he you know he's a he's a, a bit of a hometown hero for us. And so um, for having him uh, be able to fight in Arlington at, at what is effectively Cowboy Stadium, that's a huge, huge fight.
1: Yeah, Jerry World. Um, it's Jerry World. You, yeah. Uh, I, I've been there once to do a tour, and it is huge. Okay. And I, I could say that that's actually, that actually might be safe. If, that, if i if i'll say it they could they could they can make all the allowances that the cdc has asked for in a in a venue well, they can easily yeah. do that and still be profitable
0: yeah i i i think so too it, it's it's such a big place i, I don't think that they're going to be at capacity uh for for this and you know the thing is is that even as far away as you might be from the little bitty boxing ring that um you know that it is the screen screen over the boxing ring the what you can't even call it a jumbotron because it's 70 yards wide um it's it you're you're gonna have a wonderful experience watching the fight so um i i i think it's gonna be an interesting thing i'm not willing to pay for the tickets but uh but that
2: That left hook of danny (laughs) that makes me like, I, I think that I might be willing to pay for this one. What?
0: Right. Everybody's going up. We're, we're going to take a road trip to, to Denver.
2: I to know. go watch a show that's in Arlington?
0: Yeah. <laughs> It'll probably be cheaper to drive to Denver. It will.
2: Denver. Yeah. Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. Easily.
0: All right. Let's, finish, let's wrap up this show with the fight card. And look at the fights that are happening this weekend over in Abu Dhabi. All right. It is UFC Fight Night Ortega versus Korean Zombie, Saturday, October 17th, 2020, at Flash Forum on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. We've got s- six fights on the card Claudio Silva versus James Krause, Thomas Almeida ah. ver- versus Jonathan Martinez, Cyril Gain versus Del Gia. Gane versus Anti Delgia, Ghana, Ghana, Cyril Gane versus Ante, Ante Okay. Modestus Bukaruskas versus Jimmy Crute, and in the co-main event, Jessica Andrade versus Caitlin Chukagian, and in the main event of the evening, Brian Ortega versus Chan Sung Jung, better known as the Korean Zombie. So that was uh, like a got scary up
2: that
0: so uh let's go let's do a. Uh, let's do Main and main for uh for uh, our fight flash fight picks. You got Jessica Entrage versus Caitlin Chukagian. Uh Kelechi, who you got?
2: Um, I've got a Factory X moment. Yep,
0: that's a drinker.
2: There, <laughs> there are two fighters uh, on this card fighting out of Factory X. So I'm pretty sure Coach has just basically been living in Abu Dhabi at this point. He's got a fighter on every card. That said, uh, who's the underdog in this fight? Uh,
0: I, I, don't have, uh, I don't have uh, give me a odds in the room. <laughs> <shoot.
2: laughs> As I put everybody on the spot. Yeah. Uh, good job there, man. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. I'm picking against Andraj. Let me just.
0: Okay. All right. All right. You got Caitlin Chukagian uh John, who you I wasn't got? gonna
2: be able to say that. <laughs> I will
1: I'll take on I, right. I have a feeling.
0: You know, yeah. uh for me, I my my gut tells me to go with uh Caitlin Chukagian uh, as well. Okay. Um and so I don't know if, if um um I don't know if George Stallworth wants to type in his uh his his pick. <laughs>
1: Uh, but it's your, but it's he, shooting hooky he, he, yeah,
0: well he's watching the show. He was watching. It. He could have just come on the show and, and made and filled up the, the the four square. But that's all right. We'll catch you next time. All right. And in the main event of the evening, Brian Ortega versus Chan Sung Jung. Remember, this is a bit of a um of a grudge match because Brian Ortega slapped Chan Sung Jung's uh translator a few months ago at a fight, and so because of that. This is this is a uh, you know kind of a bad blood kind of fight that's uh, that's been brewing. Also, Henner Gracie tests positive for COVID nineteen and will not be in uh, Brian Ortega's corner. So that means that he can save face and actually tap if uh, Chan Sung Jung gets him into a submission, because or Gracie is not going to be there to judge him.
2: That's for you, Doc. Um, no. Real quick, as we're going to say, how is it that we just got to the NBA Finals and they played what was it 172 games with no COVID? And... They didn't
0: play 172 games. They they didn't. Normally, a, a basketball season is only 82 games, and they didn't play a full 82 games. They only played like 30 or 40 games.
2: Are we so. talking about one team or the whole league?
0: The whole league didn't play. It was There was a mathematical equation that was done to determine who was going to actually get to go to the bubble in the NBA. And so not every team got to play. Like the Charlotte Hornets didn't get to go. Yeah. Only a handful of teams got to play in a round-robin tournament that, decla- that decided who was going to be in the playoffs. They had the playoffs, and then the Lakers won. So there, there were not 82 games played. I think that there was somewhere in the 30s or 40 uh, games that were played.
2: Either way, I need the UFC to figure this COVID stuff out. It's it's messing up these cards too much, because we needed we needed Renner there just for uh, John Keys to be able to say, "See, he let him die in the ring, didn't let him attack.
1: <laughs> oh, trust me, if if Henner can't be there, there will be another Gracie. Okay, this does uh, put a bit of a a smudge in the game plans. For uh Brian Ortega because henner has been so uh, has been there for the for the longest um, we'll see I, I still I still have faith in in Brian Ortega um I think I you know I like to say he will weather it out and hopefully he'll pull pull out you know he'll pull out a great submission in the third round otherwise it's gonna go decision.
0: okay, so who you got?
1: I got. Brian Ortega.
0: All right. Kelechi, who you got?
2: I'm going Korean Zombie on this.
0: All right. KC and I are simpatico. We are both on Korean Zombie. Um, we'll have to get George, uh, jo- George Stallworth's uh, picks uh, some other time. Um, and that's it. Follow us on social media. On Instagram, I'm at Combat Sports Talk. Uh, John?
1: I am at Keys to Victory.
0: And Kelechi?
1: I am at
2: push, pull, pray.
0: Very good. Very good. Uh, You can catch us on any one of these social media platforms. Like and subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Periscope, or Spotify. Um, You can find us on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com. And we are on all of your major podcasting platforms want to give you guys one more look at the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group. We want to give a shout-out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the folks at this discussion group on Facebook. This is where a lot of the conversations and discussions begin that we have on our show. So, on behalf of Kelechi K.C. Onyebuchi and John Keys, my name is Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and Throw Bombs will catch you next time.